0: new classes come and talk to me but the 401 is is about mission and it's not missions it's mission finding your mission in life because God created you with a specific mission um, the, the next two weeks, I'm really excited to hear, um, we've got two great, uh, people of God, good friends that I've gotten to know, um, Bishop Abel will be coming in just a few moments. And next week, Jose Lemus from Guatemala. What's really exciting about them is, is they're not missionaries in the traditional sense that we think Abel is from Kenya and he lives in Kenya. And he is serving, doing amazing things. He's going to share about that. He found his mission. His mission wasn't to leave his country. His mission was to stay in his country and to serve God. Josue Lemus um, is also not a missionary in that sense. His wife is. His wife is from here. She's from Cerritos, California, Nancy. And she, uh, they, they weren't able to get, get the visa for the baby yet. And so they, she's staying in Guatemala. And he is coming to the States. That's kind of funny. Um, he's not a missionary in the traditional sense. He's from Guatemala and he found his ministry in his own country. He found his mission. And so this 401 class, it's really important. We want to help you find what God is creating you to be. Whether it's workplace evangelism, whether it's playing the tuba for Jesus in some remote place, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it is. God is going to got a gift for you and we th- and I see these kind of silly things because Everyone has a gift and a mission, and it's not necessary to sell everything you have and go to another country, but it is to be actively serving in your gifts in the places that He's put you. Amen? So I encourage you to sign up for that. We're going to start over with 101 again in January, probably February. Um, but, uh, so that I just wanted to do an extra plug and explain that. Well, we got all these wonderful young guys and girl on the front row here. Um, they had to come in because we want them to hear what uh, Bishop Abel Oyoro from Kenya. Africa has to say this morning. Um, Bishop Abel has uh, been connected with Christian Center for many years. Uh, Mike and Trish, Pastor Mike and Trish Erickson, have taken many, many trips over to Kenya. Shannon who uh, Shannon and Matthew got to go over and, and do ministry with him about four or five years ago. If you remember the, the Kenya trip, this they went to go help and serve with Bishop Abel. Um, he is a man of God, a man of integrity. And he's he's a, a great preacher. Now his accent is you know you have to tune up your ears because you got to listen. He's got he's got a slight accent. Actually, I think he thinks we have an accent. Um, but uh, but he's he's a great man of God who's going to preach for. But he's also going to share about what's happening in in his ministry. And my hope, and I'm just going to tell you right out. We're not going to hide anything. My hope, a a couple of things. One, he's going to preach to us, and we're all going to be encouraged, I pray, that we're all challenged and encouraged in our faith. But my prayer, uh, in addition to that, is two things, that we would connect with, with what he's saying, and it would cause us, again, to go, God, look at what he's doing. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have for me? And there's another part that that I pray that that over the next couple weeks that if you're not already connected with one of the missions that we support personally, that you would connect with them personally and either sponsor a child or give on a monthly basis financially Um, because, you know, we have the resources. God has blessed this nation with resources. And so my prayer is that you'll you'll connect and continue to let them do ministry. So I'm not going to hide that at all. That's one of my prayers. Um, But I want it to be a heart connection that God puts upon your heart. Um, And so as we do that, and we will be receiving another offering at the end of the service to bless the ministry. Um, When you hear some of the things that's going on that he's doing over there, um, I think you'll say, let's let's get on board with that. But let's um, invite Bishop Abel Oyoru from Kenya, Africa, and give him a warm welcome.
1: and I shared with the people then, and uh, we connected with them. And uh, uh, Shannon came with a team to Africa together with Pastor Mike and uh, Trish. They became a big blessing to us, and we are so grateful that the friendship has continued to be there. And I've also known mom, I also call her my mom, because uh, we have had some funny times together and so I feel I'm really at home. Amen. Amen. I want you to know this, guys. You are my brothers from another mother. <laughs> we, may not, we may not have... I mean, we have the same father, our Lord Jesus Christ. We may not have the same mother, but we are brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed. And to say a little bit about myself, I'm... Um, I'm married, and the Lord has blessed us. We have three children. And uh, my names are Ebo Oyaro. Oyaro is my name. And then my wife's name is Beatrice. So sometimes, thank you, Pastor. Sometimes people like to call me A, and they call my wife B. So you can call me (laughs) A and B. (laughs) And the Lord has blessed us. We have three children. My Our first born is Amos. He plays the piano. He's 27 years. He's dating, but not yet married. He's also teaching in our preschool, which I will tell you in a little bit. And then our second born is a girl. She's a daughter. She's 26. She's Margaret. Fortunately, Margaret is in this land doing nursing. She's actually in Delaware. I went there to see her, and so she wants to become a nurse. And come back to Africa and help our children there. And uh, our youngest is a son, he's is Simon. Simon is 24 years and is in the university the third year and is doing education. And uh, that is now my family, you know. They all helped me in the ministry. We serve together with them and they are a big blessing. My daughter used to lead praise and worship while in Kenya, and she has found a church here, she has connected herself there. And she has actually, again, joined the priest and worship here. And she is trying, as a young person, she's trying to adjust an accent so that she can be together singing with uh, the, 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 the brothers and sisters from another mother. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> by the grace of God, we have a ministry, which we started in the year 2007. There's something, if you read the history, like uh, there was a sister here, who actually said a story that happened in, uh, in, in India. Uh, in 2007, in Kenya, there was what we call general election. We were electing our president. And uh, there was the opposition party, and there was the uh, ruling party, which was still in government. And after the election, you know, it was believed that it was rigged, so the opposition were angry because they said they won according to them and the government cheated them and so that sparked triple clashes tribal war and many people that is the time had begun the ministry and the church was growing and we had some good size of membership but because of tribal clashes many people died many people were killed and the kids who were there with their parents, and when they lost one of their parents or part of their parents, we had no option other than to adopt them as a church and take, them, and take them to our homes and begin to raise them, give them love, give them a sense of belonging. And so we began to grow, and the kids really grew. From 70, now we are having 235 kids that we are supporting and we are helping them. Now, we found a challenge because we didn't have enough resource to support them. We were giving them breakfast and we were giving them lunch. But then we asked the members of the church to take some of these kids into their home so that they can be giving them dinner. And that is what we do up to now. But now when the kids grew and we found out this is a big number, we cannot only have them in our home. And not have a school for them so that we can give them education because we understand knowledge is power. So we decided to begin a preschool. Here, you call it a, a kindergarten. We began from a grade one to eighth grade. You know, our system is first grade to eighth grade, and then you go to high school for four years, and then you go to the university for four years. So our system is 844. Four. And so, we began a a school, so that we can be able to train these kids. And some of our members frontiered in the beginning to be the teaching staff, so that they can help them. But with the time they were living in rental houses, it became difficult for us to have them only, not paying them to teach them. So, we decided to give them something small, Averagely, every teacher, we have 12 of teachers, and we have two workers. One is the cleaner, and the other is the cook who cooks for these kids. So uh, we have 14 of them, and averagely, uh, we pay them, averagely, because the highest paid, it's like, you know, we are trying to help them, but it's not enough. Uh, The highest teacher we pay her is $120 per month, and then uh, the, the lowest is 100 dollars. So averagely we are actually uh, paying them you know, 100 dollars. But then th- we challenge them to find other sources to support themselves. And so we have a school that is going on, and we have a church that is going on, and the members have been so faithful trying to support these kids, but at times they are overwhelmed. The challenges are so enormous. The needs are so enormous, but we are trusting God and we are believing God that things are going to work for them. And the Lord is going to help them put a smile in their face. And again, by the f- grace of God, the Lord has blessed us now in our ministry. We have about 17 churches that I'm trying to raise. And they are in different places. In the, some are in the city, some are in the rural homes, in, the, uh, in, in, in upcoming Uh, uh, places, which is actually very primitive. And so the Lord has blessed us. And again, the way I get my support so that I can also be able to chip in into this kids' life, I'm a teacher. I teach in the Bible school. I'm the principal of the Bible school we have in Kenya. And so that is how I get uh, the little support so that I can support my family and support the kids and other members also join in. And we are able to help them. And sadly to say, we are behind two months. We have not paid our teachers, but we are trusting God that the Lord is going to be faithful and help us. When I go back home, they are waiting. You know, they are waiting me to go so that I can be able to put a smile on their face. (laughs) And so, thank you so much. And that is about me. But I want to say something. When I was a little kid, I grew up in a, a very poor environment, very, very poor. I don't want to say much, so some of you may be shocked, but I want you to know that I grew up. My father uh, had my ma- uh, with my mother. They got uh, they we we were born eleven in our home, uh, and uh, it, it was a big family. There was no enough food for us, and so we struggled to survive, and even to go to school. It was not an easy thing for us. So I managed to struggle on my own to go to school. I could work and pay my school fees, and be able to sit in class and listen. And because I struggled, the Lord helped me. And then, I couldn't have money to pay for my school fees in Bible school. So, somebody from this land decided to sponsor me while I was in the Bible school. I didn't know her, but she was sending some money. I didn't know how much she was sending every month because the teachers were not telling us how much. They only told us that there's a sponsor who is sponsoring you. So, you write and not to tell them thank you. So, that's what I used to do. But finally, I came to know who she was. She's from here in Riverside, she didn't know who she was investing in. And when I told her what I'm doing, she began crying because she is part of my success. Because without her, I could not be where I am today. Because she invested in me, and I am reaching people in Kenya and in other places of the world because somebody somewhere stood with me and was able to help me go through my college and be who I am. And I'm doing the work of God as a minister in my own land and also in African lands. I go there and I minister and I bring hope to many people. And so I wanted to say that, you know, your small support may look so small, but it's very, very important because it makes somebody smile. Your prayers are very important. So I want to appreciate each one of you for the great work you are doing. I understand you do work in Guatemala and in other places. May God bless you. Your work is not in vain. Amen. And uh, this, this month on 13th on, 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 and 14th, we are having what we call a medical camp for these 235 kids. So pray with me because one kid, it costs $10.00 for her or him to go through the exercise they want to see how they are before we close over the year and before we are able to go to the christmas so we do a medical camp yearly for them to want to know what is their healthy status how are they doing because some are hiv positive some are okay some are struggling so we find a way to make a smile in them and give them some medicine that they need so i want to Request you to pray for us. We really covet your prayers. And uh, your prayers are very, very essential to us. Amen. Amen. So far, are you getting my English? Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to try now from there, then go to the Word of God. Amen. I see wonderful young men here. I was, I was wondering, is this a U.S. army that has come in? <laughs> I'm just kidding wonderful young man i see guys with a future here i see them having a big dream you can see their faces and they see they have a destiny amen i want us to hear the word of god this morning i want us to i pray that god will help me to communicate to you and to speak the word of god into your life and i pray that my accent will not be a barrier that god will help me speak the word of god to your life So if you have your Bible, because some of you, hopefully, you have it on your phones. (laughs) But I encourage you, if you could, get a Bible that you can underline, that you can put a mark on it. Because sometimes these cell phones, they can hang up. They can refuse to work. (laughs) So I want us to open in the book of James, chapter 5. James, chapter 5. And I want us to read in the 17th verse, verses 17 to verses 18. James chapter 5. The Bible says in verses 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain and it did not rain on the land For three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. I want to speak today about the power of prayer. That's what I want to share with us today. There is power in prayer. Some some people said something like this. If you are not praying Then you are playing Prayer Is work But prayer works We have to Sacrifice our time And be serious With God He may not answer instantly He may not Answer today Or he may answer even today again But we need to pray and there's something that really gets my heart when I read about Elijah. The Bible says he was a man with like passion, with a nature like ours. He was a man who lived. This is not a myth. This is not a story of any fiction. This is a reality. This was a man who was living then. And the Bible says he prayed earnestly. He commanded nature and the nature obeyed him he spoke, and God answered him. He said it will not rain for three and a half years, and it did not rain at his word. And again he said, he prayed, and the Bible says then there was rain. Amen. I want you to know, why, why does the Bible call Elijah a man with light passion like ours? I want us to go a little bit back to First Kings. Then we get to know who this man was. First Kings chapter 17. And then we can understand our topic today. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. And then I want us to read verses 1. And then I'm going to give a little narration of chapter 18. So that you understand that Elijah was a reality. This man was a prophet of God. He had struggles. He had frustrations. He had challenges like you and me. But the Bible says he prayed earnestly, And God had him. Which tells me that if he was a man with like passion. If he was a man like you and me. Then that tells me we have an obligation. We can also equally pray. Like he prayed. And God will he hear us. Our God is no respecter of people. If he answered Elijah, he will answer you today. If he answered people like Daniel, he will also answer your prayers today. So listen to verses 1 of chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Are you getting that? This is a man facing the king. The king, of course, you understand there was an idol worship in the land. There was a lot of challenges and a lot of forest uh, religion going on in the land. And Elijah confronts the king. He speaks to the king and they say, it will not rain at my word. That's a powerful one. Facing the king. And you know without rain there will be no food. Because there will be no growth. There will be drought. There will be challenges. And he says before the king. It will not rain. Until I speak again. And you wonder. Who was this Elijah? What relationship did he have with God? That he can command God. And tell God. God. I speak to you today, let there be no rain, and it will not rain until again I tell you, God, to bring rain. That's Elijah. And I want you to know, friends, we have the power like him. And then when you read in verses 2, the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brooks, Kerith which flows into the children. Again, it gives us the nature of this man with like passion. He was a man who could fear. He feared Jezebel. He feared the government. He is running away. So this is not a myth, this is a reality. He feels afraid. And so he's running for his life. So this was a man, you know, who could fear. And we understand what happened when he went to the brook Kerith. And how God fed him. And how God sent a raven. Imagine of all the birds sending a raven. A raven to bring bread and meat to him. And and, you know, God does miracles. And so then we, we, we will stop there and then go to chapter 18. You get a little bit of him again. And chapter 18, verses 1, the Bible says... And it came to pass, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. The first time he faced Ahab, he told him, no rain. The second time again, he's going to face Ahab, and tell him, God is going to bring rain. And I want us to learn something about prayer today. Really, that is what I want us to learn, that we can pray. And I want to challenge us, friends. I'm not an expert in prayer. I'm also struggling on the same. Because it's not an easy thing. I told you prayer is work, but it works. Some of us are here today because somebody somewhere prayed for us. Somebody stood in the gap because of our lives. And that is why we are the way we are. And so, some of you are the only prayers people may know. Some of you are the only Bible people may read. Some people may not have time to open their Bibles. But as you stand and pray for them, you become their breakthrough. You become their open door. And so, God is saying to Elijah, I want you to go back to Ahab and tell him, I am going to bring rain. Now, let me say some few things about prayer before we analyze the book of 1 uh, Kings. I was reading a story about a man who was from Germany, but he lived in England. His name was George Muller. George Muller was a great prayer warrior. Uh, if you have read his book, This man went to England as soon as he got married. They sold all they had. They sold everything and they gave it to the mission field and they went to serve God. They went into England. And as they were walking around, they saw children on the street. And uh, the book was telling me that George Muller decided to trust God for these kids. And actually he gathered them. And he was having up to 2,000 orphans that he was feeding. And he did not ask for a donor. When people were asking him, tell us the needs you have, he would not tell them. He would go to pray. And this much that is spoken, many miracles took place in his life. And actually, I learned a lot from this man. That when you stand and trust God, he will never let you down. When you learn to trust him and take your needs and your petitions to him, he will never let you down. That is why even God trusted Elijah. He was a man with the flesh, with like passion like you and me, but he trusted God. And as we read there, he says, he prayed earnestly. We'll come to that later. So I want to encourage you. Some people have said some few quotes I want to say about prayer. But you cannot pray if you have not made yourself right with God, you need to be part of the family of God. You need to be one of his. This is an example. If Pastor Rob's kids go to him, they have all the confidence to tell him, Daddy, we need this and this. And it is in the power of Daddy to decide whether what they have asked is the right thing at that particular time to give to And if God is our daddy, then we have the right to go to him and tell him, Daddy, we want you to do this on our behalf. We want you to do this or that. So we have to make our lives right with him before we can even try to pray. Because I cannot go to Rob and tell him, Daddy, and this and that. You know, Rob will tell me, wait a minute. Do I know you? You're not one of my kids. I mean, you don't have a right to go to anybody and ask him. But if you are a son and a daughter of your father, you have every right to go there and tell him all you need. Amen. And so that is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have now confidence if we have made our ways right with him, then we are in a better standing that we can tell him anything. I challenge us today, make yourself right with him. Listen to me, I'm not, I'm not doubting you, I'm only speaking. This kid is from Africa, I don't know you, so allow me to speak to you so that I'm not accusing anybody, but I'm saying The Bible tells me if God is going to answer our prayer, we have to be in right standing with him. We have to be his children. We have to have an access to him. We have to be his children. Then ask him. Then he will be able to answer. So, there's some few quotes some people have said. I was reading on another guy. His name is Ryle. R-Y-L-E. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, he wrote about prayer, and this is what he said about prayer. Prayer is the simplest of acts. It is simply speaking to God. It needs neither learning nor a wisdom, nor a book knowledge to begin it. It needs nothing but heart and a will. The weakest infant can cry when he is hungry. The poorest beggar can hold out his hands for arms and does not wait to find words. The most ignorant man will find something to say to God if he only has a mind and goes after God and tells him. Another guy by the name Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray said this, The powers of the eternal world have been placed at prayer's disposal. It is the very essence of true religion. The channel of blessing. The secret of power and life. The powers of eternal world have been placed at prayer's disposal. If we can go in prayer, everything is there for us. And God will answer us. I know you know this great preacher, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said something like this. Prayers are the believers' weapons of war. When the battle is too hard for us, we call in our great ally, who, as it were, lies in ambush until faith gives the signal by crying out, Arise, Lord! So prayer is the slender nerve which unleashes the muscles of an omnipotent God. Prayer is the slender nerve Which unleashes the muscles of an omnipotent God. We need to pray friends. We have it. We can go on to our knees and tell father. We need you to do this on our behalf. And I know in our midst. There could be many unspoken needs. Sometimes we are shy to share our needs. But we cannot be shy to share with our father. We can be shy to share with our friends. But we can never be shy to share our needs with our family. We always go home and say, wow, you know, this and this is challenging. This and this needs, this and... You know, we can share. Let God be part of our family and tell him all that we need. Another man, Dr. Paul, said something about prayer. He said, prayer... Is not begging God to do something which He is loth to do. It is not overcoming reluctant in God. It is implementing, enforcing Christ's victory over Satan. It is implementing upon earth heaven's decisions concerning the affairs of men. Calvary legally destroyed Satan and concealed all his claims. God placed the enforcement of Calvary's victory in the hands of the Church. If the church will stand and pray. We are to pray. Prayer changes nations. Prayer changes things. If you pray, God will do something. The Bible says in Matthew 21, verses 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer. Believing, you will receive. Now there is a condition there. Believing. Believing. You will receive. You ask. You believe. You receive. Faith and prayer are inseparable. You can never separate them. You pray. You ask. You believe. You receive. Another one, First John 5 verses 14 and 15. I like this. The Bible says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything, underline, if that is your Bible, anything, Anything according to his will. Again, it brings us back. We need to realign into his will. We need to be his children. We need to be part of his program, part of his plan. And if we ask anything, he will hear us. That's the confidence we have, that our God answers prayer. Our God listens to us. Our God attends our prayer and our cry. Do you know the Bible says that he would wipe our tears? Now let's, let me challenge you, friends. If you don't cry today, if you don't shed tears today, what are you going to be wiped? When that day comes, it's good to cry in the presence of God. It's not a weakness. In fact, it's a strength when you cry and the sickest face. So the Bible says, Elijah was a man with like passion. And he knew rain was coming. The ear of faith hears what the eye of flesh cannot see. He knew rain was coming. And I'm saying here, the ear of faith hears what the eye of flesh cannot see. When a man reaches the place where the world is shut out, he cannot hear God. That's why the Bible says, Blessed is the man who, does not, who doesn't have to see to believe. You see, when you read in John 20, verses 29, the Bible speaks about Thomas. Thomas never believed that Jesus has rose again. He had to see and he had to feel. And so Jesus is challenging him. He says to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, some people are looking for miracles to know that God is working even today. I want you to know, friends, God is working. I'm a miracle standing in your presence. A boy from a poor village. I couldn't afford to have a ticket coming all the way to America. But you know, when God plans things, when God changes things... He can change it for good. He can change it for you too. Uh. Elijah was a man who believed the promises of God. He believed them so much that he was willing to claim them and live in them. And you remember very well, when God spoke to him, he goes to the mountain. And he begins to call on God. The Bible says he puts his head between his Uh, his legs and he's praying and he tells the servant, go and see. What do you see? The servant comes and he says, I see nothing. I see nothing. He tells him again, go. Because the ear of faith sees what the eye of flesh cannot see. And that teaches us that in prayer, we have to be persistent. We don't give up. We don't give up. Bible says in Matthew 21, verses 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. If that promise is going to work for me, then I must pray in absolute faith. This is conditional. I have to be in the right place with God. I have to believe in Him. I have to trust in Him. You know, there are other things in the Bible... That we are given, that there are our promises to receive. They have no strings attached to it. They have no conditions. For example, when you read in Psalms 119 and verses 105, this is not conditional. You know, the Bible says, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's unconditional promise. And is given without strength attached to it. The word of God, when you take it, it will become a light to your feet. But the Bible again says, if you believe, you know, any time there is if, that is a condition. Because sometimes people pray without faith. Allow me to give you some few things that Elijah did that cost him to do things that we can also do if we are going to have faith. But before I say them, I want us to read in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 to 17. There's something I want to say here, very important. That can uh, prepare us as we go into this. Elijah prayed the word of God. How should we pray? Pray the word of God. Stand on the promises of the word of God. Believe God with no doubt whatsoever. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 to 17, and it shall come, it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. Then the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for your, flock, for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you and they shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce. And you perish quickly from the good land Which the Lord is giving you There's this condition we are challenged here We need to obey God In our lifestyle And the Bible is so clear And then he says I will give you the rain for your land In its season Again friends God works with the seasons in our lives You know we have four seasons in the year You know them we have winter, we have, we have summer, we have, a, we have a fall, we have, a, you know, s- spring, you know. We have all these seasons. These seasons are there. And some of them are difficult. But if you know you are God, he will be able to bless you in his season. The Bible says in, in, in Psalm, when you can read Psalm 1, verses 3 on your time. The Bible says, you know. Blessed, from verses 1 to 3 Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands nor sits and he says, I shall show you who it is like. He is like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaf brings its fruit on its season You know, every one of us I may not know your season You need to know your season As you pray trust him, wait on him, he will come and he will answer. Amen. So, in First Kings where we saw Elijah prayed the word of God. God told Elijah to confront Ahab and he will send rain. Elijah did as he was commanded and they knew the rain was coming. Elijah believed God and When God said something, he believed him. Friends, we have to believe God at his word. We have to pray scriptures. We have to pray the word of God in our daily life. You remember, there was a thief on the cross, you know, those last days when Jesus was being crucified, you know. And the thief and the other person, you know, you understand the type of prayer they prayed while they were on the cross. One is saying, you say you are the son of God. Help yourself and help us also. And the other guy says, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, we need to know our season and trust God. He will do it. So pray the word of God and pray for the will of God over your life. Pray that you will do what is right. We don't pray so that we can brag that God used me. We don't pray so that we can show off that I am one who prays and God answers me. No. We pray the word of God and we pray his will to be done on earth. To be done in our services. To be done in our family. To be done in everything that we do. We don't pray so that people can fear us. We don't pray so that people can think, oh my, without them, God cannot speak. No! We need to pray the mind of God and the will of God in our season. Somebody say amen. And so the Bible says he prayed earnestly, honestly, sincerely, openly, he had nothing to cover up. He never means these words. He prayed honest. When you go before God, the Bible says, go when you are honest before Him. You have to go there with your naked truth. Stand before Him and pray to Him. Be honest with Him. When God's will had been revealed about a matter, it is settled already when God reveals his will to you so when you believe in him he will answer you but another thing we learn about Elijah he was a humble man he was a humble man in 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 first Kings chapter 18 verses 42 I want you to see what the Bible says there first Kings chapter 18 and verses 42 the Bible says so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Camel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. This is a sign of humility, a sign of humbleness. When we go before God, we need to go there and become humble before him. And verses 43, the Bible says, And they say to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea, So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And 70 times he said, go again. There's nothing. Seven times. I'm sorry, you know, daddy tells you that I'm from Africa. (laughs) Yeah. Then it came to pass the seventy the time that he said there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea so he went uh, uh, so he said go up say to Ahab prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you praise the Lord that one I, I really get blessed with that one he was humble number one He was humble, and he was specific. And when the servant comes back, he says, I see a cloud, very small as a man's hand. And Elijah knew Ahab needs to run, or else the Lord is going to overtake him with rain. Listen to me. We need to have the eye of faith, and be specific in our prayers, and trust God to do the rest. It may seem to be so small, but if God gives you that small sign, I want you to know that God is telling you, I am here for you, my son and my daughter. I hear your prayer. And the Bible says, where well, we read in James, James tells us that Elijah was very specific in his prayer life. He did not waste the time on mere generalities, but he prayed in faith specifically naming the things that needed to be done. God honors this kind of praying when you are specific. He prayed for rain. He wanted rain. What do you want today? Be specific in your prayer life. Be specific. And some of you probably, I was told a story by a missionary, that you need to be specific in your prayer time. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm now remembering that he said he was praying, he needed a car but it was not specific what type of a car he needed. So to him, when somebody came up and they said, brother, these days I don't see you coming to meetings. What is the problem? He said, I don't have a car. He said, I have one, and I bless you. He said, oh, wow. He thought God has answered prayer. The problem with this car was that the oil was leaking. So if he drove to the parking lot, you will tell whose sky is this. Be careful what you pray. God may answer you. You need to be specific because God loves us. And he will answer our prayer. So Elijah was specific, he was humble, and he was honest. And he was persistent. At times, friends, we pray and we, we wonder, is our prayers hitting over the ceiling? Is God doing anything? Listen, don't give up. Because the servant kept on coming and he said to Elijah, I see nothing. He kept telling him, go. For seven times, that is a sign of persistence. You know what number seven is all about. We need to be persistent in our prayer life. And again, we need to be expectant. As we pray, expect that God will answer our prayer. He is our Father. He is our God. He loves us. When my children comes to me, they expect me to give them at least a positive answer or the best answer I can give them. Sometimes in my own wisdom I can tell them, wait. At times I can tell them, it's okay, I'm going to give it to you. Or I can tell them, I don't think you need it right now. But at least they come with expectation. When we go before God, let us go to God with expectation. Begin to try God in your prayer life. And if God answers, make a channel. Begin to write it down. I prayed for this. God answered me. You know, there are many prayers that God answered Elijah. That is why Elijah could not have doubt before God. You remember when he was in the brook? God was faithful. He fed him. When he was in that woman's house, the Lord was faithful. The oil never ran out. God provided. See, Elijah had seen some miracles. When that son died, Elijah called on God, and God brought back that son to life. So Elijah had an experience that God answers prayer. He had his own channel. Make a channel, tell God. If you pray for a specific thing, and if God answers, thank Him. He has answered you. Be expectant. Sometimes we don't even remember what we pray for. Sorry. Another sign of Africanism, Amen. So we need to pray specifically and expect. God to answer our prayers. And verses 44 of 1 Kings chapter 18, the Bible says, Then it came to pass the seventy time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with the clouds and the wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then he, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he gathered up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Friends, I want to Uh, to say to you as I conclude our God is no respecter of people the God of Elijah who answered Elijah is here in the house today he can answer your prayers today there are many many examples that we can read in the Bible of people who prayed and God answered them the Bible says when you read on your own time Second Chronicles 7 verses 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I want you to know, friends, we are the key to this land and other lands. Christians are the key. The people of God are the key. They are not called to do other things. The Bible says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves not to read, but to pray. To pray. We are called, friends, to pray. We need to pray and turn from any known sin that we know. And God will hear from heaven. He will heal our land. And he will cause righteousness to reign, not only in this land, even to other lands of the world. Prayer changes things. I challenge us today that we can pray. We can send. The Bible says in Psalms, he sent his word and it healed them. So you can send the word even to Africa, even to China, even to India. And God can hear you. I challenge us, we need to pray The Bible says in Matthew 18 Verses 18 to 19 Assuredly I say to you Whatever you bind on earth Will be bound in heaven And whatever you loose on earth Will be loosed in heaven Again I say to you That if two of you agree On earth concerning anything That they ask It will be done for them By my father In heaven I challenge us. Let us agree. Let us step into the gap and begin to intercede even to other nations, even to that world, even to the unreached peoples of the world. And God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will make a way. Prayers will make a way. Prayers will work on our behalf. Actually, they will prepare the ground on our behalf. We need to pray. Elijah people, the people who have the mind of Elijah. They need to be a praying people. They need to begin to trust God and pray earnestly, persistently, and humble themselves, and seek the face of God. He will come upon them. And he will hear them. Because prayer is power. And prayer releases power. Amen. That is why the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. A house of power. The Bible says in Matthew 21, verse 13, and they say to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know, when Jesus was cleansing the temple, he found them selling, changing money on the temple, and they cleansed the temple, and they said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Praise the Lord. This is my prayer to you today. May God come on your way and turn over those tables that are not pleasing to him. May he change the tables you are having. I don't know whether it is tables of business or tables of other things because Jesus found in the temple people who are supposed to come and worship. They were changing manner and they turned the tables. I pray to you today, may he turn over for his own glory. May he turn our thinking. May he turn our our way of life so that we can be able to please him. Why? Because he is willing to use us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things shall be added unto us. Allow God to take over allow God to take preeminence allow God to be the sole icon in your life and the things will take a better shape praise the Lord Elijah was a man like you and me and he prayed earnestly, humbly persistently believing and God had him we can do the same we can trust him the same because he is faithful, he is here. He's a God who can hear young people. He's a God who can hear even the old people. He's a God who can hear the middle class. He's a God who can hear everybody when we go to him, trusting in him. Jeremiah, one time he said, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great things which you know not. I'm sorry. I, I scared myself and I scared somebody. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <clears throat> call unto me. Call unto me. Friends, I'm here to encourage you. We need to call on God. There is power in prayer. I know what prayer has done in my life. I am not there like George Muller and others, but I know what prayer has done. I am living and I am a testimony because of what prayer has done in my life. And I know Elijah was a man with like passion like you and me. He prayed honestly. And if you pray honestly, I dare you, pray. Pray and you will see what God can do. God can heal cancer. Do you believe that? God can heal high blood pressure. God can heal... Diabetes. God can heal all sorts of sicknesses. He can heal. But how? Through prayer. People have to rise up and they call on his name. People have to rise up and recognize him. Not angels from heaven. No, us. Because Elijah was a man. He could be angry. Do you remember one time this man was very angry? You know he said, Oh, I've died. I'm the only one that is remaining. He didn't know that God had other people remaining. You know, he he was a man like us. He could become frustrated. He was a man like you and me. Sometimes we are frustrated. But I call on God. Let him come and vindicate your prayer life. Let him come and prove to you that he is real. He is real, friends. We need to have our confidence in him. He can turn things around. I challenge you, try him. Test him and see if he can answer. And if he answers you, write a channel down, tell God, thank you, you answered this item. That's how you begin. And then you begin every time. You have that confidence to approach the throne of grace. I call on each one of us. We need to pray. Amen. Amen. We need to pray. Please tell your friend, allow me to take to... uh, take you to Africa, and uh, in Africa, when I'm preaching, I tell people to talk to each other. I want you kindly to tell somebody, you can make a difference. You know, give somebody I five and tell them, you can make a difference. You never got me. You can make a difference. Amen? I mean, in your prayer life, I'm challenging you, tell your friend, by faith, if they will want to pray, tell them, they can make a difference. So give somebody if five, five and two. Tell him, you can make a difference. Make a difference. <laughs> Amen. Amen. May God bless you. May God hear your prayers. May we partner together in his fine yard. And pray for one another. While I was here, as I'm going to sit down and I call pastor to take over. I failed strongly to pray for America. And I decided to buy a flag of America. I'm going to put it in one of the corners of the church. I want to remember to pray for American church because they have done so much to Africa that sometimes we take it for granted. So it's going to be in the corner of the church and I want to partner with you and I want to pray I may not remember all of the names, but the names of the people that I remember, I will mention them. The ones that I don't remember, the flag will represent them. I want us to partner and pray. May God change our lifestyle and we begin to pray. And may God begin to bring the rain, the answers that we need in our prayer life. May God
0: bless you and may he do you good. Welcome, Pastor.